Cubs fans, Setup Nation, listen to me when I say this. There are zero, zero excuses for the Cubs going into 2024. Is this going to be the biggest January, one of the biggest months in the offseason that we have ever seen? I sure hope so, but we're going to talk about that and so much more, including some of the most crazy, unexpected moments of 2023. Let's roll this thing here on the Setup Man Podcast. What is going on, Setup Nation? It is, as I'm recording this, December 31st, uh, California time. It is before 7 a.m. That's right. I was so excited. Uh, I, I woke up at around 5.30 a.m. this morning, California time, because I'm like, I just need to get these thoughts that are in my head out to you, Setup Nation. And I, I want you to kind of hear what's going on in my mind uh, from a standpoint of there's really zero excuses left for this team anymore. I know so many of you have tried to stay positive. I see it on the YouTube comments. I see it out in the Cubs groups. I see it on Twitter of, you know, some of you are freaking out. I would say the majority are like, why have we not made a move yet? And then there's the people that are like trying to stay positive as we're looking at the free agents left. And they're saying, you guys are, are just taking it too far. You're being way too, uh, anxious. You got, you got to stay positive because we got to trust Jed. And, and, and while all that sounds really nice at this point, guys, like in my mind, it's time to press the panic button because when you look around the league, there are so many things going on with every other team except for the Cubs. And really what kind of sparked me to think about this and want to do this episode was the national news that came out yesterday. You saw that Vaughn Grissom and Chris Sale swap spots on the Red Sox and the Braves. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not going to get into the details of this, but I, I think this is a huge win for the Red Sox. Chris Sale hasn't had a really good season for about four or five years. So I think that's a really big gamble for the Braves. But then you also saw Frankie Montas to the Reds. Also think the Reds are kind of crazy paying Frankie Montas, who threw one inning in 2023, giving him $16 million. And before that, the half season before when he was with the Yankees was just miserable. Um, but, you know, that was a move that I kind of was talking about earlier that might have been a good one for the Cubs. And I, I really uh, am just starting to look around the league and it's like, okay, we had the excuses of Otani, right? That was slowing down the market. Then the excuse of Yamamoto was slowing down the pitching market. And maybe... Maybe you can still say that Scott Boris is slowing down the market, which when you look around and see that really none of his clients have signed, that is a legitimate excuse still. But this is beyond just a slow market at this point, because when you look at other off seasons, remember that miserable 2018 off season when the Cubs only signed Daniel Descalso? Well, guess what? That happened on December 18th. We're now on December 31st as I make this. And once again, we're at 9 a.m. Uh, Central Time. So if anything happens after that, I do apologize. Maybe after I make this, they're going to sign Cody Bellinger and we're all going to be happy-go-lucky again. But even that Daniel Descalso signing happened in December. And then when you compare it to last year, right? Last year was a very busy in terms of number of transactions offseason for the Cubs. The big names really that happened in 2022, right before the new year, you had Dansby Swanson, you had Cody Bellinger, Jamison Tyone, 
They were able to get Tucker Barnhart in before the new year. They were able to get Brad Boxberger in before the new year. It wasn't until after the new year that they brought on both the first baseman that didn't make much of a, a dent in 2023 with Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer. And then they, they made a really last minute move with Michael Fulmer. It was right around the start of spring training on February 20th. So when you look at that and you say, well, yeah, but they still had some moves after the new year. Well, the, the real significant ones though, came before the new year. And so you know, I, I started, but you know, here's the thing for those of you that have been really positive, I went and did my homework and I said, okay, yes, there are still tons of free agents on the market, but let's look first of all in the NL central, what has the NL central done so far? And just to catch you up, if you haven't been aware, uh, the Cardinals and reds have been definitely the most active Cardinals in about one week signed three starting pitchers, Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson. Uh, Sonny Gray is probably the only significant signing there that actually scares me. Um, the Reds, again, just signed Frankie Montas. They signed Jerry, Jamer Candelario. Uh, and then they also signed Nick Martinez, which sneaky, I think, is a really good signing for the Reds. Uh, the Brewers look like they're going through a, a restructuring, and you can kind of see it with all of the trade talks. I think that Corbin Burns is probably going to eventually pack up his bags and go somewhere else before uh, we break for spring training. But then they signed Wade Miley and Jackson Churio, who has not played a single day in the majors, but they're still showing that they're serious by making a really large signing with a up-and-comer. And you even have the Pirates making moves and re-signing Andrew McCutcheon. And they got a really good signing, I thought, in Rowdy Telez. Very uh, cheap, very affordable. It was definitely a cost-effective move that I think if he's healthy, we could see a, a 30 to 35 home run season from Rowdy Telez, especially over there uh, at PNC Park where it's pretty favorable for lefties. But then looking at the rest of the league, and here's the teams that you could kind of put into the same category as doing close to nothing or nothing as the Cubs. Cleveland, they signed Austin Hedges, uh, and then they made a really small trade with the Padres. Houston signed Victor Caratini. That's about it. The Angels have signed a couple of relief pitchers. The Miami Marlins really haven't done much. A few no-namers signed. Same with the Twins, the A's. Uh, but here's the thing, like, let's look at those five or six teams and we look at the Astros. They've been told by their owner that they're on a tight budget, that they're not going to be spending any money, which is why a lot of people are saying, well, is Alex Bregman up for uh, the trade market? And, and for that reason, right, if they're not going to be signing or spending, then you don't expect them to sign much Cleveland is almost very obviously in a rebuild, especially because the Cubs have been talking to them about Josh Naylor and Shane Bieber reportedly. Uh, the Angels are not going to be competitive for a while. As soon as they decided to go all in at the trade deadline last season and not trade Otani, they pretty much dug their own grave. And then you have Miami, Minnesota, and Oakland are all small market teams. So at this point, these are the teams that you could say, like the Cubs, have done close to nothing or nothing. So should we even be in the same conversation as these guys, right? When you talk about teams that are either rebuilding small market or have been told by their owner, do not spend any money, does that sound like any of the Cubs to you? The Cubs are not a small market team. The only thing that could have been said that 
is not being publicly talked about is Ricketts maybe telling Jed, do not spend any money, which would just be wild because last year he said the, the checkbook is open. And then a year later, after you have a surprisingly very successful season, you're going to say, no, the, the checkbook is closed. I don't see that happening. I don't see that being a possibility. And so at this point, like there's no reason that we should be in these conversations with these kinds of teams. The Cubs should be in the same kind of conversations as what the Royals have been doing this offseason, just getting tons of talent, right? But plus, they're even being talked about being out of this the running for Shota Imanaga. Uh, there's a few reports, you know, it's on Twitter and who knows what's real, what's not, but we've been seeing it float around that they're getting outbid on him. So th- Honestly, guys, like th- this is just like little league stuff to me. This is stuff that coming off a year where it seemed like the Cubs were going to have this very quick turnaround, right? It wasn't like the the 2012 rebuild where it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild for the next three to four years and and you know just stick with us fans, right? It was really quick. It was all right, 2021. We're gonna ship off everyone after a really long losing streak that has pretty much put right on the the writing on the wall that this team is not going to go to the playoffs in 2021, which looks like it's been a really good decision. Uh, you can say whatever you want about that, but every player that has left that team aside from maybe Kyle Schwarber has just gone down, down, down since then. Uh, then you had 2022, which was miserable. And then 2023, right? We, we almost made the playoffs. So this was a really quick turnaround. So why at this point would you just be okay with mediocrity, right? And, and that's what we're feeling like we're trying to convince ourselves now of. Like Reese Hoskins, for example. If you told me going into the offseason that Reese Hoskins was going to be a big signing for us, I would be like, eh, I mean, that's that's going to fill a hole in the lineup. I don't necessarily like him at first base, especially now that we have really built this team around defense. I don't, I don't think that that's a good fit. I think he's one of the worst first basemen in the league. So, and, and then now what we're going to try to, I've, I've heard a few reports of like, now it might be a good idea for the Cubs to go re-sign Marcus Stroman because after he opted out, uh, now they still need a Marcus Stroman type of pitcher to be able to fill in that hole. At this point, it's kind of like us being okay with, you know, I I kind of equate it to like if you were to go to Burger King and McDonald's and you're like, hey, this is a pretty good burger, right? Like, whereas if you have that same burger at a steakhouse, you're going to be like, this is crap. We went into the offseason wanting the steakhouse, and now middle of the offseason, we're convincing ourselves that the Burger King burger is is pretty good, right? If we get a Reese Hoskins, if we re-sign a Marcus Stroman – I think a lot of us are like, well, at least they did something. And that's not what we wanted to do going into the offseason. As Cubs fans, Setup Nation, as you're listening out here, right? That's not what what was on the horizon. On the horizon was we're in the running for Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, right? It looks like we're going to get Tyler Glass now. And, And even as the Shane Bieber trade came out, I was one of those that was like, ah, but if we can get glass now, I kind of want that instead. And and you now we're like, okay, give me Bieber. It's frustrating, right? A lot of us are just, you know, going into 2024, like, where are the moves? Why are we signing three minor league backup catchers that only one has anyone ever heard of in Alfaro? Uh, and, and that's it. Now, Jed, Jed tomorrow or in this next month could go and re-sign Bellinger. He could get Imanaga. He could... 
sure up that bullpen. And that looks like a semi decent off season or does it? Because that basically is the same team that the Cubs were in 2023 uh, with, you know, filling a starter role, getting Bellinger back in there. Now, well, what I will say, the positive of that is if you, if you take out may when they were really trying to figure things out with the bullpen and with the offense, this is probably a 91 team, even with that major collapse in September, even if you just win a couple more games in September and you have things figured out in may when David Ross was really just trying to piece things together. I think this team is capable of 90 wins with Bellinger and with a Stroman or another uh, decent number one or decent number two starting pitcher like they had in Stroman. Uh, but again, the, that's that's only matching what they've lost. So there needs to be a re-signing of Bellinger. There needs to be another starting pitcher. There needs to be maybe, maybe at the end of the day, Jed and Ricketts are just having these conversations in the background of like, hey, Remember when we won the World Series and then we just gave away all of the, the farm system and maybe they're having a little PTSD of the farm system. Maybe they had a great opportunity with Glass now and they got trigger shy because they didn't want to get rid of one of their top 100 or a couple of their top 100. Maybe that's what's holding up the Shane Bieber trade. And maybe guys like Pete Crow Armstrong and Alexander Canario and Matt Mervis and, and Matt Shaw and... Cade Horton and Ben Brown, right? They're all going to come up and make a huge impact here in 2024. And we can say, hey, good thing we didn't spend all that money because we had the guys in our system. But guys, if we learn anything, that's throwing all the eggs into the wrong basket. It's a very unsure basket to put all your eggs in. Uh, do I need to mention guys like Corey Patterson and Felix PA? You know, all this pressure that we have been really good at putting on prospects and then they come up and do nothing. And it's like, why didn't we go out and get more guys? And at the moment, because of all this, where you can say that the Cubs offseason is at, like if we were to grade it today, right? It's an F. It's it's an F minus. It's a what comes after F? EFG. It's a G if you could rate it worse than an F. That's how bad it's been. What do you think? I want to know what you think. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure that you engage with me on social media at setupmanpod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check out our website, setupman.net, not com.net. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, comment below. What do you think? Is, is it time to punch that panic button? Has this offseason been a complete failure? Are you still, you know, just thinking, yeah, Jed's going to pull out the big guns in January. I have total confidence. I'm 100% behind him. Or are you kind of like, this is getting a little scary here. Um, I want to know where you're at. But hey, let's transition really quick. I want to reflect on 2023 since this is the last day of 2023. I've got a few things I want to talk about. Let's start with the biggest disappointment of 2023 let's let's start off with the bad stuff let's end with the good stuff huh uh biggest disappointment i gotta tie september and may as the biggest disappointments of 2023 uh i mean a lot of you are probably like no it's the fact that david ross just kept throwing the minor league uh lineups out there with barnhart and master boney and hosmer and mancini and all these guys meanwhile you had nelson Velasquez on the the bench who was hitting grand slams whenever he got the chance, you know, that those were disappointments. But honestly, when in the grand scheme of things, 
May and September, like if you throw those months out, this is a potential 95 plus win team. And it was just so miserable. And I remember in September, just getting those feels right away after they, they blew a couple games in, uh, against Cincinnati. I was like, Ooh, that feels like May again, you know, those close games where you're just like, it's either tied or they're up by one and you just don't feel good about the the lead or the chance of winning and that to me was the demise of of the cubs and of course if you look at the records in both of those months it's not even an opinion it's just the facts if they even won a few more games in those months you're looking at a playoff team and i know a lot of you want to say well the biggest number one disappointment was that say suzuki dropped fly ball no, that's like blaming the bullpen for losing a two to one game, right? You have to have offense to not even have to worry about the bullpen at that point. And they had to win in our minds, like at least two of the next four or three of the next four to even have a shot. And you see these guys out there talking about that. And, you know, one that comes to mind is that really eccentric guy on Barstool Sports who always does the Immaculate Grids, the one who has never smiled in his life and always drops F bombs every time he's doing the Immaculate Grid. Um, he, you know, he got on, he was like, if say Suzuki had just caught that ball, then the diamondbacks never make it to the playoffs. That's not true. Like that's just not the case. If say Suzuki caught that fly ball, the Cubs would still have to rely on a guy like drew smiley to close out a one run game against the biggest offense in baseball. Okay. That's the first thing i and especially with the way that those games were going, you just cannot feel comfortable about a one run lead against the Braves and all of your big guns are out. And number two is even if they won that game, the Diamondbacks still make the playoffs. The Cubs would have been tied with the Diamondbacks instead of losing or uh, one game back of them. And the Diamondbacks had the tiebreaker with the Cubs. So really the, the truth is if the Cubs just won one more game against the Diamondbacks, then they would have made it to the playoffs. But then, by the way, the bullpen was so depleted. Who cares? Because they wouldn't have made it through the first round. So to me, that's why the biggest disappointment was September and May. And I guess if you were to, you know, the tiebreaker there goes to September just due to all the injuries and the, the bullpen and how it just completely crumbled at the end of the season. Um, but hey, let's let's start talking about the, the exciting stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. How about the most exciting moment of 2023? And I think that is a pretty easy decision and it is the Christopher Morrell walk off against the White Sox. I would have given anything to be at that game. Um especially just with how unexpected it was. Morrell was just really struggling at that point in the season and for him to be able to to get a big hit like that was just unreal for that that team, the fans, everything going on at that moment. It looked like they were about to get swept. I think that was just game two of two against the White Sox. It looked like they were potentially going to get swept by the White Sox. Uh, just a huge moment for, for the Cubs. So that's my most exciting moment of 2023. Most, uh, I would say biggest surprise is what we want to call this next one. The biggest surprise of 2023 was, well, I don't know. Is it the fact that they were a playoff contender? Was it the fact that they missed the playoffs? Uh, was it that Craig Council <laughs> ends up being the biggest signing so far in 2023 and David Ross just loses his his job out of nowhere? It's, it's tough. Like a lot of those are really 
at the end of the day, major surprises. But if we were to just say, okay, only in the season, not, not all of 2023, just in the season, I would say the biggest surprise was the fact that they were a playoff contending team guys on June 9th, this team was, and I'm just going off of memory. I was actually at this game and this was a really funny moment because I met Patrick Mooney at this game against the, the giants. Marcus Stroman was pitching Cubs were 10 games under 500 in June. And one of the things that Patrick and I talked about, if you don't know who Patrick is, he's the beat writer for the Cubs uh, through the athletic. We were like, yeah, Stroman's not on this team. Come August. Bellinger's not on this team. Come, come August. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to trade everyone away and they're just going to have to get talent. And this team turned it around, right? There was a, conversation between Ross and Swanson and the team. And they said, you know, this is still early. We can turn it around. And they did. So the fact that they became a playoff contending team with a really uncertain roster and were down under 10 games earlier in the season, is really amazing. That has to be the biggest surprise to me. And of course it's once they got to the point where it was like, you know, they have like a 90% chance of making the playoffs. It became the biggest surprise was then that they didn't make the playoffs, but that at the point, that point was to me, the biggest surprise that they ever became a playoff contending team. And the biggest accomplishment of 2023, I think has to go to our gold glovers. And the fact that there was three count them three gold gloves on this team. I can't remember the last time the Cubs did that. Uh, you had Ian Happ getting his second, Dansby Swanson getting his second, and Nico Horner his first one. Uh, I, I think that is a huge accomplishment and a huge thing to build off of going into 2024. Only the Blue Jays and the Rangers did the same thing, and those two teams were playoff teams. So the fact that the Cubs had three gold glovers uh, is even more reason why I would really love to see them stay away from a guy like Hoskins because, and and even Alonzo kind of, I know they've been in trade rumors with him, but if you suddenly put a bat at first base with no glove, your, your infield looks weaker. Uh, the whole plan behind this, this built on defense is going to be really questionable at that point. So let's, let's just resign Bellinger. Let's get him over at first base, which I think is a great time to just pivot into 2024 predictions. I have zero, zero idea what this team is going to look like. So we, we're not even going to get into like, what is the win predictions yet? I, I do believe though, that the Cubs here in January, my prediction is three midsize to big deals in the month of January alone. So what would be like a mid-sized deal? What would be like a, a, a big deal? Well, a big deal at this point would be, of course, Cody Bellinger. That's a big deal. Uh, Shane Bieber, I would definitely call a big deal. Former Cy Young Award winner. Uh, I would say like Hoskins, even though I really am not wanting him just for all the reasons I just mentioned, would be kind of a mid-sized, potentially bigger deal. Um just based on the fact that he has had some really good seasons with the bat Imanaga, that would be a big deal. Right. Um, and I just think, you know, like some of those bullpen moves, call it the Michael Fulmers, the Brad Boxbergers, the David Robertsons of the past, that would be like the mid-sized deals just to sure up that bullpen and give a little bit more ammo in the barrel for Craig council. So that's my biggest prediction right now that I feel comfortable with saying uh, is that they're going to have at least a big enough January to where they're going to be arguably a division winner. Not 
clear division winner. I, again, the, the Reds have had some big moves, plus they're coming off a season where a lot of their rookies look like they could really emerge as potential stars. And then you've got the Cardinals, who I, I cannot imagine them being as bad last year as this year as they were last year, especially adding some more uh, starting pitching. I think the Brewers are not going to be a 500 team. I think they're going to be below 500 because Burns is going to be shipped out. I think, well, I, I think that I know Brandon Woodruff is out because he's uh, got his injury. Uh, and then the Pirates are always the Pirates. Maybe they'll be a little bit better. Maybe they'll be flirting with 500. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Cubs, Cardinals, and Reds as long as this prediction goes through with a bigger January. So once again, what do you think? Let's get your opinion. Let's get what your ideas are. Comment below. Make sure if you're on the YouTube channel, comment below. Make sure if you are checking us out on, on the podcast to, to just check us out also on social media, setupman.net or on our social media, setupmanpod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts and... Is this going to be a big 2024 or are we going to be in the same spot in another two or three weeks just saying what in the world is going on? Why is this team not taking any steps forward? But either way, I hope you have a very productive new year, a safe new year. Hey, make sure to be safe tonight. And if you're watching a little bit later, I hope you had a great new year. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Setup Man podcast. I'm going to go put my arm on ice. We'll see you next time, Setup Nation.